What's up? What's going on, Blair? Nothing, man. Just trying to trying to figure this podcasting thing out. The the mic, the gain. I think I've discovered that like the air conditioner gets picked up when I'm recording, and like some of these mics are like too good. Oh damn. <laughs> I've heard of uh, stories where people are recording and they can hear people from other rooms and like they don't like what they're hearing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, maybe I need to get one of the um, like condensers to go over the microphone itself to kind of cut out some of that sound. But I don't know. We're we'll, we're still learning. I mean, shit. I'm editing these episodes, so of course it's, <laughs> uh, we're still learning. Well. You know, as we grow and people share our podcast more, that's not a hint, I promise. Please share our podcast. Um, <laughs> we'll, um, you know, we'll upgrade our equipment as we go along so the quality is better for everyone. Yeah, and we'll pay people to do all this stuff for us. Yeah, absolutely. That's the dream, right? <laughs> what are we talking about? I want to talk about my apple watch why what's wrong with your apple watch well i guess we should talk about all fitness trackers in general is what i mean but i i have an apple watch i have an apple watch too i don't ever see you pop up completing exercises on mine though so i don't know if you even wear it well my battery dies because when i'm at my girlfriend's i don't charge it overnight yeah we're boys on apple watch and i don't ever say it never says adam hamid completed a workout well how many steps have you done today how many steps have i done today um 5100 so 1500 well i'm on 6000 no no 5100 not 1500 5100 yeah oh, 5100 oh. what time is it like 1 p.m 1248 yeah oh well, i'm on 6000 so i'm ahead of you yeah but you're also five hours ahead of me yeah yeah like potato potato yeah whatever all right well we'll check back five hours later and see if i'm still behind well you're just gonna beat me because i'll be asleep five hours earlier than you correct you've had five extra hours to get steps and you're barely beating me so i could beat you now in the next five hours and then fall asleep and then you'll try and beat my score just because you've seen it yeah yeah absolutely i disapprove of this Nah, it's a good challenge. <laughs> so, uh, I think wearables and technology is a good topic. Like, what route did you want to go down with it? Like, what? Like, the data collection or the reliability? I mean, a little bit of everything. I think we're here to discuss whether or not they're bullshit, right? Yeah, I guess so. Um, what's your thoughts? I think, for the most part, they are bullshit. Why? It's a good question. So, there, I mean, there there is research stating that they're they're kind of bullshit, which is they looked at all the major brands from Apple Watch, Fitbit, uh, Polar, etc., and most of them were relatively accurate for heart rate within like a five percent margin of error. But I think the most accurate one had about a 26% error for calorie tracking. So they they 
overestimated calories by 26% and some of the brands by 90%, meaning so they essentially nearly doubled the actual calorie expenditure compared to what you actually burned versus what the watch said you burned. Well, I have a slightly different perspective. I don't think um, wearables are bullshit. I think what's bullshit is the metrics that you look at. I would never look at the calories burned on a watch because, yeah, I do agree it's bullshit, but there's a lot of relevant metrics, which is why I think they're useful. Like what? Um, Not necessarily sleep quality, but the hours of sleep people get and the pedometer, so the amount of steps they get. And occasionally I do look at people's like resting heart rate or their heart rate. Um, uh, what else do I look at? Yeah, they're the main three metrics that I would look at, um, which actually just that alone is enough data for me to gauge how many calories someone should be working towards. Right, so... I see your point, but I think the problem is we're discussing someone who has experience, background, and professionally works as a fitness trainer taking this data and using it effectively versus everybody in the world has access to some sort of fitness tracker, calorie tracker, wearable technology, and it gives them this pretty display of progress and calories expended and you know they pair that with my fitness pal there or whatever calorie intake tracker that they have no business telling them how many calories they need to consume and then they're able to add their exercise calories back in or it does it for it automatically and you know so there's a lot of data being shared between these apps that have a lot of inborn errors and issues that aren't accurate you know yeah. and and people are living and dying by it because it's expensive it, you know you pay a pretty penny for an apple watch and it's not correct and it's telling your my fitness pal how much you should eat and now we're not losing weight and why am i not losing weight when i have all this data that's no different to how many calories it says you burn on a treadmill though but i think more people are okay like understand that the the calories displayed on a treadmill are probably wrong because you don't put your weight you don't put any information in you just get on it and start walking i disagree people all the time ask me like they they all they always come up to me and go oh i just burned 100 calories on the stairmaster and like they actually believe that's how many calories they burned i think people believe it but i i think it's you know absolutely true that more people trust the watch on their wrist because it's taking their heart rate data and they've entered all their information into the app and it was more expensive than they believe the treadmill i i think i think most people trust their heart rate watch whatever brand it is and some people distrust the treadmill Okay, but if we look at some pros of collecting data, people are more inclined to see data, so they actually move more than if they didn't have the data. I will agree to that. I think that's the one benefit of them is that, you know, the pursuit to close your rings or get certain 
rewards that the zone minutes or whatever the different watches offer do encourage people to move more to try to close those rings. But I also think it's because of how wrong they are, people are operating under a false pretense. And, you know, I I think it like just like the most recent episode we did about the food sensitivity testing, you know, people pay for it and they get this pretty printout and they're going to live and die by that sword because it's available and they don't know not to trust it. I mean, like everything in the health and fitness industry that we talk about, everything needs to be taken with a pinch of salt, including your wearable technology. Right, you know, but I think we need to help people realize that why are they using it? You know, just like the, you know, can good behaviors come from it? Yes, but how do we get people to focus on what the good behaviors are and not just buy into all the hoopla, the lumen breath tests and the food sensitivity testing and the calories expended in a wearable fitness tracker? Okay, so we both agree that the calories expended on a watch or my like like the the food diary apps or the Fitbits or the Apple Watches or whatever it might be they they are ninety percent of the time inaccurate enough that people who think they can consume those calories back are wrong. So that's a piece of data that's not worth tracking, right? Yes and no. I think to your point. You know, I'm I'm in tune enough with how these things work to know that if my Apple Watch says I burned 900 calories today, that I had a pretty active day. I don't think I burned 900 calories going for a walk and doing a 30-minute kettlebell workout. But if I if I close that ring of 900 calories expended, it's better. It's I wasn't sedentary. I actually had to do work. So I, I think it, I'm not concerned about how many calories I expended, but consistently aiming for closing my calorie ring gets me moving more and guarantees that I had a more active day than if I don't close that ring. Well, I think where we can look at accurate data is, even though it might not be exactly 900 calories that you burned, but when you try to close 900 calories worth of a ring, in your Apple Watch or whatever it might be, it's probably a similar amount of movement each day So, to be able to achieve that 900 calories. So that's probably a more accurate measure. Forget the number itself, but to achieve the number requires a similar amount of output. Right. It's an arbitrary number in my opinion. Like, it, Does it equate to... 20 30 40 percent less calories actually expended who knows we don't we can't comfortably say what every different algorithm and how wrong or right it is yeah but yeah so i think if i burn 900 calories today going for a bike ride and i burn 900 calories tomorrow going for a walk and being on my feet doing meal prep all day long ultimately the result is the same is that i expended similar amounts of energy in two very different ways. And I think there's the data that can be collected is you can close your ring doing very different things and it is roughly equal energy expenditure. It's probably a really bad example, but I see it as similar as like when I fill up my my car full of fuel, like, you know, it'll tell me I have like 450 miles in the car, but 
I'll never get 450 miles out, out of fuel out of it. You know, it won't take me that sort of distance. And so, you know, but it'll always, like, depending on how you, if you are more reserved or if you're, you know, putting more energy in, you, you know, you'll get more or less out of it. Side note, don't your cars say kilometers per hour on the speedometer? No. I thought they did in the UK. They were kilometers per hour, but you gauge distance in miles. No. Oh, sorry. Oh, uh, no, it's all in miles. Like, all the speed limits and everything on the roads are miles per hour. Is it? Yeah. Is it I... just the rest of Europe that's in kilometers? We just run in kilometers. <laughs> yeah, so, so all other measurements in meters, but driving is in miles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. So use the metric for everything except for driving. Well, what's really good about that is I think we're all pretty good at converting. Yeah. Uh -huh. How many meters is a mile? Oh, I don't know that, but I know a marathon is 26.2 miles. And it's, what is it, like 46 kilometers? That sounds about right. Yeah, I know. I know a five k is three point one miles. That's the I, easiest I actually, conversion for me. I actually didn't know that. <laughs> I think uh, one kilometer is like point six miles. Yeah, yeah, something. That's it. That I would have said. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's. I know every five miles is roughly, or every five kilometers is roughly three miles. Cool. Um, but the the American system is trash. Like it's what five thousand two hundred and eighty feet is a mile. Why? Where did that? You know, I mean, I'm sure there's a <laughs> reason it's explained. Um, I did actually learn that apparently America was supposed to use the metric system, but the ship that was bringing the like officially measured meter, centimeter, kilogram, like all the standard of measurements over, sank or got lost. And so we just had to, like, and back then, it you know, you didn't know it was lost for two weeks, and then it takes another two to four weeks to get word back to England, and then it's, you know, so months go by, and we just, like, created our own system and said, never mind, fuck it. If only, <laughs> it's, if only everyone had an Apple Watch back then, eh? Right, yeah. It, just, <laughs> it do, does it all for us. I don't even have to work out anymore. My Apple Watch just does it. It does it all by itself. <laughs> yeah, I just sit here and I burn calories. You know, I think we're in agreement that there is a smart way to use these wearable technology, you know, and, and I guess we can discuss briefly why there's such an error in the calorie expenditure. Um, essentially, our heart rate does not depict or directly correlate to calories expended. It is our breath rate that does that. So when you calculate calorie expenditure, it's by liters of oxygen consumed. Every liter of oxygen consumed is five calories, and then you multiply that out. So when you're breathing heavier, when you're more active, when your breath rate is up, you are expending more energy. And there should be a correlation. Increased heart rate means more blood pumping, means more oxygen usage. So it should correlate, and often it's close. But, you know, you can take caffeine and increase your heart rate without increasing your breath rate. Um, you know, there's there's things that do increase your heart rate and doesn't directly increase your oxygen usage. And there's some, you know, 
heart rate and breath rate don't change at the same time. There's a lag between the two. And so there's small reasons why it, it doesn't directly correlate. And that's what these watches use is heart rate equals calorie expenditure. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's. I think that's quite important information. But like, I think another side to it is some people use these devices um, or rely on them too heavily to tell them how they should feel and so you know if uh, we'll come away from the 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 calorie expenditure one but we'll we'll come to sleep for a minute you know they they try and tell you whether you've had light sleep deep sleep or REM sleep and how much of each one you've had but you know let's say it said you've had seven hours of sleep and it says you had a really good night's sleep where you wake up feeling like shit, you know, are you going to say, oh my God, like, I feel like shit, but my watch says I've had good sleep, so am I supposed to just, like, pretend like everything's okay and just crack on? And so, you know, I think sometimes we have to go based on how we feel. And so, you know, we, to some degree, we'll know how much energy we burn because of how tired we are at the end of the day. And I think too many people look at data and they don't go on how they feel. I agree with that. I, I had the same issue with it myself where I had tried multiple bands. I had changed and wore it as tight or as loose as I possibly could. And I, every time, especially certain activities like jumping rope, it would just lose my heart rate. And until I sat there and stopped and let it catch up it just was like looping and looping with no heart rate it was grayed out it couldn't find my heart rate and every time my i reached a new heart rate max it would do it again you know so i got my heart rate up to 140 i let it configure it finds my heart rate at 140 and then i start jumping rope again and it goes up to 150 it errors out and it, and i have to let it recalibrate essentially and I was getting frustrated. I was getting annoyed. I was getting pissy at my watch. And it's like, well, at the end of the day, I know that these calories aren't accurately measured. And I don't need my heart rate and calorie expenditure to be perfectly accurate to know I got a good workout. And so I had to get out of my own head and just work out, let the watch do what it's going to do and let the you know, how, how sweaty and tired and, and good I felt after the workout be more of an indicator of you know, if the watch picks it up, great. If not, I still worked out. It, it doesn't take that away from me. Yeah. I mean, when I use it to track with my clients, I predominantly use the, the step count because I can roughly gauge and estimate how much movement someone got in by their step count. You know, I know that 5,000 steps is roughly about 45 minutes of standard walking um or 10,000s an hour and a half 7,000s about an hour and you know not many people go over that and obviously everyone walks a bit faster or slower so it's not accurate for everyone but that's the rough estimate I go by and so most like clients struggle to get 10,000 steps in and so my logic behind that is if you haven't even achieved uh, 10,000 steps from the moment you woke up to the moment you've gone to sleep you haven't even moved when i say moved i'm talking about in walking pace you haven't even moved for an hour and a half from the moment you woke up to going to bed and i think that's 
uh, um, like quite poor movement for an average day. But, um, you know, I can use those figures to work out how active someone really is. Yeah, that's that's a really fair point where it's and whatever metric we pick, the inaccurate calories, the relatively accurate step count, you know, are we using that to challenge ourselves to do better? You know, and I think that goes back to your initial point of does noticing that I'm only getting 5,000 steps in a day, you know, does it motivate me or encourage me to try to get more than 5,000 steps in a day? And does not closing my ring encourage me to try to close that ring more often, whether it's minutes of movement or calories expended or whatever is the most important to you. And for me, absolutely. You know, I I think it starts off at 400 calorie goal and I bumped it up by 50 calories every time I closed it until I reached a point where it was tough to close the ring without intentional activity. And so 900 seems to be that number for me where if, if I don't get intentional movement, a couple walks, a couple, you know, a bike ride or some kind of workout in, I'm not going to close 900 calories just by walking around my house and working for the day. Mine's 900 too. And I always close at 850. I can never quite get that 900. Yeah. Well, you heard it here that 900 is the scientifically best number of calories to set your Apple watch to. Oh, really? (laughs) From us? (laughs) Set by us? Yeah. (laughs) Right here, right now. This is, this is the best. What's your exercise ring on? uh 40 minutes i think uh mine's 30 and you're standing 12 hours yeah same wow we have very similar lives i always close my standing ring and usually my exercise ring but the the move one is hard standing's actually my least closed i I usually get all of them just because i work at a computer most of the day so unless i specifically stand up and walk around between clients and some days i can't you know by the time i finish with one client the next one's already logged in um, I have been better about trying to tell my clients like, Hey, I'm going to sign off, you know, five minutes till instead of all the way up to the end, you know, but sometimes the conversation's good and they just need those extra couple minutes. But, um, I, I do, I am trying to get better about standing up, taking a lap, you know, get just moving around the house for a minute or two to get that stand ring done and not sit for four or five, six consecutive hours unless I can't help it. Well, let's challenge that perspective of, you know, you say, does it encourage you or inspire you to move more? Or about the people who it probably stresses them out knowing that they didn't complete it. And it probably makes them feel shit for their evening or for the rest of the day. And so it can also be counterproductive if people become over-obsessed with it. And to that, I would say, set a more realistic goal. You know, don't strive for perfection, strive for progress. If you're struggling to get 12 standing hours and you notice most days you're getting six or seven, maybe eight or nine is a better goal in the interim, not trying to immediately jump to 12. You know, because, I mean, that's basically you have to stand every hour or, you know, all but four hours because we're typically we're asleep for six to eight hours and we're awake for 16 to 18 hours. So, I mean, that's 80% of your day that you have to be standing. I know it's only for a minute, an hour, but it's, it is hard. Come up with an easier goal that's still better than what you're doing, but not so lofty that it seems idealistic or unachievable. 
And I think, you know, since a lot of these wearable technologies want you to get a sustainable amount of de- a, a day, like, you know, a lot of people go, oh, well, I can achieve this on a day, but not every day. And I think you should always set your goals to something that you can achieve every day. And if there's those days you can over exceed, that's fantastic. But that shouldn't be what you put your standard to as you can realistically achieve. You know, I I always, you know, try and encourage my clients to do 10,000 steps, but I know that that's not feasible every single day. And so I tell them look like if you can get 70,000 steps a week that's more important because you got the base average in and so they might only get like 6,000 to 8,000 per day but then on the weekends when they're not working they will overachieve and they'll get their average in and so you know if they had watches or were wearing watches I would set their target lower than the 10,000 but I would still expect them to overachieve and so you know otherwise you'll set yourself up for disappointment if you can't achieve what you can do one day a week and you can't do every day i agree and and i think too like understanding how all these numbers interact with each other and picking the ones and they can change which ones are most important to you each day for example i don't care too much about steps because i bike a lot and the steps do not count when you're biking. It doesn't set off the accelerometer in the watch. And it, you know, I can go for a 10, 20 mile bike ride and I will get zero steps. So if I've burned 1400 calories and have 111 minutes of, you know, active minutes, but I only have 6,000 steps on the day from my morning walk with the dogs, I don't care that I didn't get that many steps because I know I was active for quite a lot by biking for that long understanding how those things play like steps is not everything calories is not everything active minutes is not everything but how do those things interplay based on the type of activity that you're getting and do you feel like you mentioned earlier that you had a good active day or do you feel like you were sedentary and what's the difference in how those numbers interact based on a more active day versus a lazier day yeah for me i agree like i use all my data um with a pinch of salt um you know for example when my watch dies and i'm training in the gym or like i'm doing some exercise on a treadmill or something like my phone is not in my pocket it's it's on the dashboard of the treadmill or whatever it might be so there's moments where i'm not tracking how many steps i've done and i know i've overachieved but when I don't see it on my watch like I feel a bit disappointed like those numbers never happened because it wasn't tracked by my data and so I have to remind myself you have moved enough you feel tired you feel exhausted or you know you've done enough but you know just because it's not there to see like it can sometimes be um what's the word um demoralizing um yeah and so you know, I think sometimes we have to remind ourselves like data is data, but it's not going to change like who we are. We will ultimately do something if we want to do it. It's great to have, but you don't need it. We, we were able to achieve great results without it at one point, And so we can rely on how we feel if we really need to. And even take the word data with a grain of salt. This is anecdotal data. As we discussed, you know, the calories are not correct, so it's not verified. 
something else we'll talk about in the research episode. But, um, you know, you're collecting personal data to determine what an active day looks like for you. You know, step count data for were you moving enough in a given day. This is not the same as like data from research. It's just personal data to discern some behavior patterns. Awesome. Right. Should we wrap up? Yeah. You um you should definitely feel discouraged and disheartened for not closing all your steps out cuz I'm definitely bringing up at your eulogy. I think you should do one. <laughs> yeah, whenever whenever you die, I'm going to talk about how you didn't close all your rings every day and your steps were pitiful. <laughs> Look at look at the data. It's right there on his watch. Yeah, but what they don't know is like the data wasn't accurate, and I actually did more steps than Blair every day. I know every it because day. I because I felt it <laughs> every single day. I've never had more steps than Adam. <laughs> what we'll I, do? I'm is, I'm, I'm I, now gonna get fifteen thousand steps every day just to prove you wrong. Do you know what I'm open to doing? And we can open this up to the community next month as well. But maybe in. Uh, august how about we make like a little community challenge and like we like get everyone steps in on something and like what we can do is we can create a little mass data and see um you know make a little competition out of it i i'm absolutely on board yeah maybe we'll offer some freebie to someone or something like a month of training or we can get someone on the podcast um to share their experience or something like that yeah Sounds good. Follow our um, Instagram page if you want to keep up with that because we'll probably put any freebies or anything, um, you know, any links, any groups or communities that we create um, on there. But otherwise, that's me done. All right. Till next time, everyone. A healthy debate runs purely on fat and is completely free of banned substances. This episode was edited by Blair Solberger, so if it sucks, blame him. The next episode will be out in a week wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at A Healthy Debate or on YouTube at youtube.com slash at A Healthy Debate.